1: This broadcast of Money Talks originally
2: aired Saturday, July 21st,
0: 2018. The only thing we have to fear... Fix... The economic health of this nation has been... more essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... We... ...in the dollar... It's a
1: so late rally on Wall Street... Too big to fail... Growing the economy... Growing the economy... It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome... Welcome. Uh, this is Money Talk.
0: Money Talks. Good morning. Welcome to Saturday. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon. This is Atlanta's longest running, most respected money show on the radio. I'm here with Casey Smith, who is a managing associate in our, our Hensler Financial, um, planning and implementation department. I say That's it right. wrong so often. I almost say I'm it wrong now. <laughs> it's hard. You've got yeah. to watch yourself. No Be doubt. careful. And I'm also joined by none other than the one and only John Dixon. John is a CPA and a CFP. Feel like I should
3: stand up and applaud or something. That was yeah. Thanks, Troy. I appreciate I mean, that. Was none other than none, none other than that. That. I mean, the one and only.
0: This is the guy. Uh, John is a uh, is a manager in our tax and accounting department at Hensler Financial, and uh, um, he runs the show on. Uh, what do you do? Audit and attestation, taxation. Is there anything else? in
3: Representation. Taxation <laughs> without, repre- without representation? Without
0: representation. He's a big tea party guy. Yeah. Is that what you're <laughs> Not so much?
3: Yeah, we've,
2: we've been having a lot of IRS uh, notices and, and audits here recently we've been representing really? clients with too. So. Is that
0: a, is that, you're saying it's a pickup in business uh, from IRS audits?
2: Uh, this year has been. Really? Yeah.
0: No kidding. What do you think that is?
2: Just random. I mean, really? Yeah, the yeah. past four years we haven't had any, so I guess, you know, it's, uh, this year is our turn, I guess, so we've had a couple of clients. Yeah, you know, I didn't some, know, but some what some you audits. were
0: saying, there's some new red flag we ought to, we ought to be watching out for? Or?
2: No, just, uh, you know, additional services we've been providing this year that we really had not had to in the past couple of years, so.
0: But you've always offered that,
2: right? We, we do, we do. Yeah, we,
0: yeah. all right. Good deal. Well, um, what's been going on in the stock market, Casey, it's um, still looking Pretty good over the one year, right? 15.5%, yeah. but year-to-date, we're positive, right?
3: Yes. Yeah, I mean, 6% year-to-date on the S&P. Yes. Yeah, we've
0: been gathering a little bit of steam. We've had a, we're had a good July, right? I mean, yeah. it's been
3: uh, it's very up and down. February uh, started, uh, uh, I guess, toward the end of February. Well, a little... Or was it the end of January? It was
0: end of January. January of 26th January. was our top of the market, not only yep. uh, year-to-date, but our uh, all-time. all-time high, yep. in the S&P 500 at least. Uh, we started uh, the year in the first month up 7.1%, and uh, now you can see we're back around 6% up. So Getting still, back there, yeah, clawing it back, two steps forward, little bit, one so step back. <laughs> it really has seemed strange uh, the way the market is vacillated it uh, seemed to go sideways for a long time and then we've we have gained a little strength over uh, over the last few weeks I guess you could say
3: yeah I guess the the big sell-off at the end of January was prompted a lot by the trade talks that are still going on uh,
0: yeah uh, you know I I think you're probably right to some degree um, but valuations were ridiculous they were back then. They and were. Uh, you know we had 22 percent twenty two and a half percent uh, gains in uh, earnings in the first quarter. Yeah, um, so that helps kind of reset
3: so, that valuation at a yeah, more realistic
0: No doubt, yeah, when you price. measure it by the price-earnings ratio. So uh, earnings growth uh, as well as the market selling off a bit actually fixed some of that. We did have a 10% drawdown uh, early this year. We have those on average about once a year. Um,
3: when was the last time we had a ten percent pullback before? Prior to that, one?
0: yeah, uh, we got. Well, let me see. We had one. Um, I think it was. Was it like it was March of sixteen,
3: time. or was it that that didn't hit ten yeah. percent, did it?
0: Uh, yeah, we had uh, it. It uh, absolutely did. We okay. Got, yeah, it was uh, during the time when oil went to like twenty-seven bucks a barrel or gotcha. something like that. Gotcha. It was, um, and that was. Uh, February of sixteen, so it had been almost two years prior to the prior to the last one we had. We were a bit due. John, you got something?
2: Yeah, it looks like technology's really been
0: oh knocking mm-hmm. the cover off the ball. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, this week we saw a, a tick up in financials. They uh, led the pack with a gain of one point six. Telecommunication services, which has been kind of the dog of the last two years, uh, down two percent. Uh, industrials were up one point six one. Uh, Year-to-date, though, John, you're absolutely right. 16% gain in technology in 2018 so far, Um, you know, way more than doubling uh, the 6% of the S&P 500. So, um, you know, uh, telecommunications, as we just mentioned, has been getting kicked around. It's down 7.8% year-to-date. Consumer staples, this is the one that still just kind of baffles me, 6.5% negative
3: starting to make uh, a little so more sense 20, if you see 20, the market 20. turn as positive as it has been. And, and what we've seen really the first part of this year, I guess it even goes back into last year somewhat, but the, a big divergence between growth and value. Oh, absolutely. Uh,
0: 10% uh, differential.
3: Is it is it as high as 10 now? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was, we've it gotten up to about 8 or so last time I was on the show, I think, and – Up to 10% 10 now. So do you see that correcting at some point? Uh,
0: Well, uh, you know, the long term, if you look out over 15 years, you can see factor investment um, indicators lately. Uh, 15 years, um, the value factor is Mm -hmm. actually about 135% gained over the past 30 Uh, 15 years, sorry, and uh, when you look at growth, it's about 65. Yeah, uh, value generally knocks the cover off the ball relative to growth, but uh, growth has just been killing it lately. I I was uh, looking at something this week. Uh, At the beginning of 2017, uh, information technology made up 20% of our S&P 500. Today, Mm -hmm. It is 26% of the S&P 500 after a 58% run from the beginning of uh, 2017. Wow. Yeah.
3: That's
0: incredible. 58%. While last year, you know, the market was up better than double the average, 21.8%. This year we got six more. So, you know, you do a little bit of quick math and you're saying right around 34%. And meanwhile, technology up 58%. Yeah. Uh, Amazing. And the thing that's really interesting is it's, it's a, a concentrated few companies that are uh, that are causing that. So, it's um, your
3: FANG, fang stocks, right? Well, for the most yeah, part.
0: For the most part, yep. Uh, and what is fang? Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. Google. Interesting though. Apple Apple should be it should
3: be fang with two a's, right? Two a's. yeah.
0: Well, it could be. Um, believe it or not, though, uh, and this kind of plays into the story. If you look at uh, the uh, the second best. Over the past 12 months, second-best sector is uh, consumer discretionary, 25.2%. Two of those fang stocks are actually discretionary. Amazon Amazon and Netflix are both discretionary companies, not technology, although we think of them as technology because there is technology at the heart of their business model. Right. Uh, One delivering movies, obviously Netflix uh, via technology, and then Amazon, it's –
3: Amazon does a little bit of everything, don't they?
0: Well, uh, they they (laughs) they threaten
3: to. They could be in a lot of They to. Speaking
0: of that, didn't we kind of stumble out of the blocks this past week uh, on Prime Day? Amazon Prime Day started Monday at uh, 3 o'clock, well, officially, but it didn't really get kicked off for another hour or two later because they had a technological glitch. We make a joke around here about uh, Amazon. If they decide that they're going to join any industry, it knocks like – $10 billion worth of market cap out of all the industry players in that group. Mm -hmm. Uh, They made a comment earlier this year, or they made a little purchase of a $1 billion company in pharmaceuticals, and uh, CVS, Walgreens Boots Alliance, um, various others all lost huge. Uh, So we said that uh, since they had this problem on Monday that they were only up 1%.
3: Well, I I was reading something today about uh – I guess Cisco, the technology company, not the food company, was up pretty big, I guess, at the end of yesterday or into today on the news that Amazon is not going to be entering the the (laughs) The switch switch business. Yeah. So, oh, who knows. Cisco was benefiting from that earlier. So, yeah, it's funny that? how they move the they needle move, on they,
0: everything. On everything. It's you know what it is, it's uh it's really just not logical is what it is. It's it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, instead of being up, like I say, Monday where they would normally be up 7% uh, you know, a good news day, it's only 1% because right. they had a problem. Right. It's <laughs> exactly. just ridiculous. They get a pass no matter what it is. And, you know, we look at the PE 250 times.
3: Yeah, it's a pretty I, expensive stock.
0: Yeah, I mean, what in the world? What's going on here? Yeah,
3: well, so is that a bubble? Is there a bubble forming in technology, or I, I mean, I guess know, it's a discretionary when, company, but uh,
0: I, I look at that quite a bit, and the only reason that I was looking at it this week and you know making that that uh, case that technology now makes up 26% of the S&P 500, more than one fourth, uh, is because we see the P/E on the S&P 500 rising again. We're right. over 21. so like 21.3, something like that uh but technology's long term average is about 27 yeah something like that you know so the more the more the market itself becomes technology the higher the pe should go uh but when you talk about the pe of technology by itself now in december 31st of 92 the market weight of technology was 5.02%. Wow. Five percent, wow. yeah, unbelievable. Go right? review
3: your index funds, everyone.
0: Yeah, yeah, no
3: kidding. <laughs> you own more t- technology than you might think.
0: Yeah, but you know when you when you look at what's going on, technology still has a lower PE today than its all time average, its long term average back to like 1950. Wow. And the reason being that tech bubble that we had back yeah. in. Ninety nine.
2: Learn something new every day.
0: Yeah, it's bizarre. Anyway, let's take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about a dog of the week and answer a few questions. You're listening to Money Talk, stick around.
1: It's time for the
0: Dog of the Week this week. Uh, it's really not a dog. I just wanted to take the opportunity to uh, jab at uh, somebody on the show. Um, not naming any names, but it's uh, John Dixon. Um, who say, you're within slapping
3: distance of me, Troy. Yeah, so I, kn- I watch know. Watch yourself. I, I know.
0: I, I know your uh, reach, and I stay right <laughs> at the end of it. Uh, anyway, I, I just wanted actually to uh, to charge John, who just recently got married with uh, with uh, Kind of a goal for next year. Seems like this week wrapped up. The Lithuanian uh, Lithuanian couple won the uh, World Wife Carrying Championship in uh, Finland. Wow. And uh, I thought that it might be good for you to uh, begin training now <laughs> um, and uh, see if you might be able to, to uh, best them next year. There were 53 couples from 13 countries that joined in. Um, from uh, the United States, the UK, Sweden, and Estonia, as well as others. Uh, This fun event uh, has its roots in the 19th century legend of uh, Ron Kanan, the robber, who used to um, steal away wives in the middle of the night.
1: <laughs> wow, and,
2: uh, in, where's in the, the location spirit, next year? It's, Where? it's
0: in Finland every year. Every year, I mean, yeah, it hasn't okay. changed. This has been going on for I think the last 23 years, and uh, some people, in the uh, true spirit of the game, instead of taking their own wife, they, <laughs> they take someone else's wife and see if they can run the the uh, course. It usually takes about an hour, an hour of carrying your wife, um, and they have discovered that. And this is the strangest part. It's not like a piggyback race. The winners in the last few years actually have their wife face them. They'll bend over and basically put their wife on their back upside down. So the woman is upside down, suspended on the man's back, running through the course, which is uh, basically a small city. 4,200 population that swells, obviously, much bigger. Uh, thousands of people come to. Watch the event.
3: Wow. I wonder how much a ticket for something like that goes. I don't know that I want to participate, but I know. I would like
2: to.
0: I represent
3: Team Hensler. Yeah. (laughs) Team (laughs) Hensler. I don't know.
0: I'm not sure if you're going to get a sponsorship (laughs) out of that, John, if that's what you're angling for. Uh, (laughs) This might just be uh, a couple's event.
3: We can go international here.
0: Uh, I guess you probably could. Anyway. Pass out my uh, business card. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Lithuanian couple wins the World Wife Carrying Mm -hmm. Championship. There's always something strange in the news. Uh, I didn't have anything real good and financial to talk about this week, so um, actually marriage is something that we plan for, right, Casey? That's right. you got to make a financial plan that for that. That is a life-changing hopefully, event. Hopefully, John, you've done just that, um, but now it's time to uh, – you're you're a guy that I, I see you in there riding the, the stationary bicycle. Get out, get some wind in your hair, run with your wife on your back. That's all I'm encouraging you to do. Well,
3: John, exactly. John's got a background. You used to run cross-country, right, for –
2: Oh that's that's right. Right. Yeah, that's back right. in the day, track and cross-country at University of Tennessee. Go Vols.
3: Boo. <laughs>
0: Let's know this guy. KC with a little bit of time at the University of Georgia. You're We're also start looking slapping distance, John.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm right in the middle KC, of y'all.
0: KC, I don't know our uh, producers now making the old gator chomp. We're going to have oh, a full-on battle. Oh, man, a it's going to be an old SEC. battle, yeah. A, who knows? We, we have, have a rebuilding year ugly. Ugly. this
3: year. No, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's uh, right.
0: Kennesaw State, um, what is it, like? It's Division 1B or something like that. Is that what do they Kansas call it now? Is
3: f- FCS instead of that? I f- think you're right, well, yeah. Well, wait a minute, because they don't have the F. Do they still have the FBS? I don't know. I can't keep it straight.
0: I think you're right. It's FCS. FCS. The championship series instead of the bowl, bowl series. series. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So uh, it's a different division, but um, go Owls. Hootie who hoo There we go. <laughs> okay, see, you can get behind that as well. Yeah. Right? I'll... No doubt. All right, well, uh, you know, we've talked a lot this year about taxes because of tax reform, and um, we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, taxes again today with John on. I mean, you get a CPA in the room, um, you know, you grab a cup of coffee and you sit down. This is where we have to issue the disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. some
3: people grab Monster or Red Bull.
0: Yeah.
2: If you're
1: driving,
3: make sure you pull off to a safe area.
0: Yeah, because sleeping at the wheel is... uh, you can't touch your phone these days in the state of Georgia, but you um, should probably also not still be able late. to listen to the to the accountant on the radio. But, hey, John, I'm sure you're going to make this stuff exciting. And, uh, um, you know, if you don't have a cup of coffee, you probably ought to get one still.
2: Well, there's a lot going on right now in taxes and with the changes. You know, we're we're wrapping up 2017 filing still. We have some extensions out there that people are, are wrapping up and getting all their information in. But uh we're also you know over halfway through 18 so we got to start planning for for 18 and and um you know some of the limitations have been with itemized deductions and here recently in the state of Georgia uh they've had a benefit here with the the rural georgia hospital credit right so that's something we have talked about on the radio and they just wrapped that up and, and all
3: the secondary funding
2: has been used up but so it's too late you can't get that can't, one now? can't
3: get that one anymore i think turned out to be very popular towards especially towards the end there i think they fully funded it within the last couple of weeks of
2: the right deadline. yeah just right the last day so that's 60 million they had used up for that credit so it's a yeah, great it benefit for the hospital if
0: you were willing to uh, to dive in there it was like a 35 percent potential return Based on uh, the, the gain, I think you had to do the math.
2: Yeah, based um, on your federal rate. I mean, it could be up to 37% right. if you're in the highest tax bracket. Sure, so, yeah. yeah. and that was $11,111 married filing joint. So, you know, it's a good – I think that might be a higher return than uh, than the wealth management side's offering right now. But, uh, Ooh. <laughs> I knew he was going to go there with the, yeah. With what? the returns.
0: yeah. Yeah, well,
2: yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a one-time return, though. I yeah, mean, but that's it couldn't a, be
0: your whole wealth. It's limited to right, $11,000, it, it, right?
2: Unfortunately, it was limited, uh, so there wasn't enough available for, for other taxpayers. So uh, slow your roll. <laughs> <how I'm saying>. <laughs> <laughs> but that was one way that uh, for Georgia residents that so we were able to shift some of your, your state taxes that would be limited on itemized deductions because your state – your state property, your state income taxes, your property taxes are all limited to ten thousand dollars. So that was a way to shift part of your state income tax liability to a charitable contribution. Um, and other states have rolled out similar type programs. Uh, and there's there has been IRS guidance on that. That you know in those situations they're more general funds, whereas Georgia had set up a specific fund for the hospitals. You know, some of these states are setting up a general fund, so those will probably be challenged. Sure. Um, there was also recent guidance on property taxes that were paid in 17-4-18, uh, and the IRS guidance is saying that the, the taxes had to be assessed, not just prepaid, but the taxes had to be assessed in order for them to be deductible.
0: John, uh, before we move on too far, uh, is there you say that one's gone. Is there anything else, I mean, any other similar opportunity for, for uh, taxpayers in Georgia that you know of? I won't leave it so open ended to you know to trap you but is, is there's a movie credits, right?
2: Mm. Yeah, I mean there's other there's other credits you can buy but they're not as beneficial as the Rural Georgia credit. I mean Once, the yeah. the uh the film credits usually we say you need to have at least about a fifty thousand dollar liability before they start making sense. Um but in that, that situation, um, you're not really transitioning a tax liability to a charitable contribution. You're just funding uh, your taxes at a below dollar amount, so usually 92 cents on the dollar is what you're paying your taxes right. at. So you're getting a smaller rate of return uh, for the tax benefit.
0: Right. So, I know early on they were talking about the potential for California and some other states to try to turn their their uh, state tax into a, a charitable situation or give credits, and, and I assume that's what you're referring to that might get kicked back.
2: Correct. And then New York is also doing right. an additional payroll taxes. So... They're doing additional payroll taxes to cover some of the, the the income taxes that are going to be limited by the the federal deduction limitation. Um, so for right now, those are the the rural Georgia was one that we were, you know, we were actually uh, encouraging our clients to participate in because we feel like it it has a limited exposure. Whereas right. some of these other states, we feel like there's
3: going to be more exposure for those types of programs.
0: Sure. All right.
3: So what about uh, home mortgage interest, John? What's the the verdict on that? They limited it to mortgages of seven hundred fifty thousand. Is that right? That, that's correct. And uh, any any mortgages
2: existing prior to this law are grandfathered in. Okay. Um, but it's for new mortgages. So there's limitations for for the actual amount that you can um, lend and then be able to deduct. Um, you know, the, probably the biggest impact to our clients is the um, Non-deductibility of the miscellaneous itemized deductions, mm-hmm. which would include the advisor fees. Right. Yeah. Um, so, taking a look at clients' tax situation right now and seeing, you know, where they've been able to deduct that in their past. You know, are they in a situation where we need to withhold more from from distributions from IRAs or make estimated tax payments uh, on on their behalf? You know, in order for them to be Paid in and not subject to penalties.
3: Yeah, it's interesting how these tax changes impact a lot of other areas too. I was just visiting with a client who was telling me about his situation, and he's wondering if he should now pay off his mortgage because not because he won't get the deduction, but because he still will. He's under the 750, and he was grandfathered in, but he may not itemize because now, you know, with the advisor fees going away, uh, the state and local tax being limited to ten thousand he's going to be real close to making it simplifying his life just by taking a standard deduction for he and his wife. And in that case, the, you know, the mortgage interest rate, if it's, I think it's like 5%, he has sort of a higher, higher payment or higher rate. But if that's, that's a 5% rate, you know, before and after tax, right. whereas As before it was, you know, maybe three, seven, five after cause he's in a pretty high bracket, um, so the hurdle to be able to make your investments outperform that mortgage payment was lower with you know being able to itemize and taking that deduction into consideration. So taxes can affect a lot of decisions, <laughs> even small things like that, where he can still deduct his interest, but it may not, may not make sense to itemize anymore.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guys, uh, let's take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll finish up this talk about taxes. Uh, stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. Back on all the crap I in high school well, we're moving on now. We're moving on now Broadcasting from atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia. This is Money Talks. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon. I'm here with K.C. Smith and none other than John Dixon. i got to answer that way every single time, none other than John Dixon. Uh, so we were talking about taxes when we last uh, left the air. That's and right. uh, We stayed awake through the break. And uh, we just as well see if we can do it again, right?
2: Yeah. Everything comes back to taxes.
0: Well, you know what? Uh, it, it truly Death is. and
3: taxes, only two certainties, right?
0: Uh, well, that's absolutely true. Something's got to pay the way to make things go around, right? That's right. Keeps uh, Keeps the lights on, keeps the, park, the grass cut in the park, right? That's right. That's how it works. Well, uh, we were talking before about... What was it? Home? Yeah, KC month? was talking
2: about an example where his client was debating on whether or not to pay off the mortgage or uh, not. So, yeah, you, you've got a $24,000 standard deduction now that you know, it's almost double than what it was in the past. So, there are some strategies that you can actually continue to get some additional benefit. One is bunching of donations. So, you know, in a situation where, you know, you, you might be right at the border of, of whether or not you qualify for the standard or or you itemize, you go ahead and and lump together a couple of years worth of charitable donations into one year um, so that you'll get a tax benefit from those. And, and uh, of course, we always tell clients, you, you know, you, decisions aren't made around tax, only tax. You know, you need to look at the big picture. Again, you know, paying off your mortgage, you're giving up, obviously, rate of return in your portfolio. So yeah, sure. absolutely. there's other things to, to look at. But, um, you know, the other big change this year for for clients are. Uh, especially those with kids, is the, the tax credits, the child tax credits. So, you know, they doubled the, the standard deduction, but they took away the personal exemptions. Um, so that's going to impact, you know, the clients with with kids. And so, in most cases, though, from what we've seen, the tax credit is going to offset the the personal exemptions. So, and that's because uh, before personal exemptions were phased out at a lower level, uh, now the phase out is a lot higher. And the, the credit's now $2,000 instead of $1,000. Mm-hmm. So in, in, in most cases, we've seen those, those credits will offset, um, you know, the, the personal exemption that's now lost. So yeah.
0: All right. Uh, so, uh, John, if, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about doing planning. Uh, I understand there is software available. So uh, you were telling me during the break that uh, there is a way if uh, somebody wanted to give you a call that uh, you could input the information from last year and uh, show them what the differences would would occur in 2018.
2: Absolutely, and actually, that's we provided all our clients this past year when we prepared their 17 tax return. We also did a 2018 tax projection. So we we used same uh, same numbers, assuming the same thing occurs in 18 that occurred in 17, but implemented the new tax laws. And then showed them what their tax liability would be based on the tax laws at that point and the recall, is
0: it higher, lower?
2: Most cases it was lower because you had the lower tax brackets and sure. in the, in the increase. So uh, there were some cases where um, you know some of our retired clients who lost a, a large um, itemized deduction for the the advisor fees. Um, oh, you know those those clients you know ended up paying more taxes. Um, but with the you – yeah, know, I would say probably 80 percent of our client base was probably seeing a reduction in, in their taxes.
0: Yeah, AMT make a big difference. I know uh, it did. AMT decline Yes, because – Most folks are not paying AMT nowadays. Right,
2: right, right because of the phase-out increased, so you got more – people got the protect, got the actual exemption for AMT purposes, which hadn't gotten in the past. And yeah. so their, their AMT tax – decreased so
0: all right well uh there you have it if uh, you do have questions about your taxes you can always give us a call 770-429-9166 you can ask for john dixon and he can uh help you out with those things and uh if you have questions for us um we're going to start answering a few of them here for our listeners uh you can always contact us via that number again 770-429-9166 you can also email us at drgene at hensler.com that's d r g e n e at h e n s s l e r dot com, uh, or you could call our question hotline. If you call one eight five five four two nine nine one six six, you can leave a message including your question. Uh, we will play the question on the air and answer right behind it. So uh, there you have it. That's the way that you can get in touch with us and. Um, why not we get into a few of the questions that we have from listeners this week. We got one from Sean from Ackworth who asks, uh, if I had to choose, what would be better, an IRA or a 401K?
3: Yeah, and, uh, you know, a lot of times that's not a mutually exclusive decision. Uh, you know, you can – oftentimes you have an employer that offers a 401K plan. You can contribute to that. You can also contribute to an IRA, and if your income is below 121000 um you know if you do have the option of a 401k and your income is below 121,000 you can still get the tax deduction for a contribution to your IRA up to $5500 if you're under 50 or 6500 if you're over 50 um so there's some good you you can do both um there's no reason you can't the there are some benefits that start to go away above at higher income levels obviously if you're above 121 you start to lose the tax deduction on the IRA contributions. You probably just want to put as much as you can into the 401k. 401k. There's benefits to both. Um, You know, 401k has higher limits. There's no limit um, to for. There's no income limit to when you can contribute to it. There is a limit that you you can only put in eighteen thousand five hundred if you're over fifty. And then there's a six thousand dollar catch up for over fifty for twenty four five total. And then your employer can contribute. um, You know, so the maximum for combined between the employee deferral and the employer contribution is 55,000 um, for under 50 and 61,000 if you're over 50. So there's some higher limits. You can get more money into the 401k. A lot of times an employer will offer a match, which you don't have in an IRA. So that's a nice benefit. Why wouldn't you take advantage of that? That's a hundred percent return right there. So there's to your, <laughs> to your 37% John contribute to your 401k you and get a hundred if your employer matches. It. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, John, John <laughs> yeah, what's the cap that? on
0: that? What's the cap on that one? Yeah, there is. It's bigger than 11, though. <laughs> yeah, it is. So what,
3: 16? 18.5.
0: How yeah, about that? I'm Or
3: sure. 24.5 if you're over 50. So,
0: yeah. But um, they're probably right, not going to so match So 24.5 for me. Yeah, uh, they they won't match. But, hey, you know what? The first 5%, it still makes absolutely no, no sense if you do get matched. Absolutely.
3: So, I mean, it, there's really no uh, – there, there's a lot of good – Features about it, both of these plans. I mean, one thing, an, another interesting feature. The 401k plan, you, you have unlimited creditor protection because that's a qualified retirement plan that's governed by ERISA. So if you do, you know, have a bankruptcy situation, you've got five million dollars in your 401k, you can't be uh, touched from a bankruptcy situation. Yeah, it's
0: basically yours if you're putting it into the 401k. Yeah, it's it'd be really difficult for you to lose that money in a situation. Uh, Concerning fraud or bankruptcy or anything.
3: Exactly. An uh, IRA does carry some protection as well, but it's only up to a million dollars. So, uh, well, I think it's actually indexed. I don't want to say it's like 1.2 now or something like that, but it's it's a little more limited than a 401K. Um, but IRA is still a, a great vehicle.
0: Yeah, lots Final, more options, right? Yeah,
3: there's more options. Uh, that's the biggest thing, investment flexibility in the IRA, and you've got possibly lower fees. I mean, yeah. especially if you're self-directing it. Um Although that's where it does become, because you have so many options, it probably makes sense to have somebody helping you with it unless you're, you know, a professional or know right. what you're doing.
0: Yeah, the average 401K is just going to be mutual funds, whereas an IRA, you would have the option to buy mutual funds, exchange-traded funds, stocks. Individual
3: stocks, yeah. bonds.
0: Right, pretty much anything that you could dream of in financial markets. Right? Yeah,
3: exactly. So flexibility and, and fees is probably the, the pros for the IRA, Limits, uh, deductibility, employer match, all of creditor protection.
0: Those would be the on the 401k
3: column.
0: Sure. All right. Well, good answer. Uh, so we've got another one here. Barry from Canton asks, uh, why are IPOs considered speculative? I feel if a company is going public, it has to have financials to warrant investors on that level. Uh, financials are required for an IPO, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're uh, that they're going to be beneficial to the uh, to the returns in the in the uh, stock itself. There's a lot of uh, debate as to just why people want IPOs. So uh, quite often, what happens is, as uh, kind of a gift, if you will, to uh, investors that have been with them a long time. Uh, some of the folks that get involved, uh, the big brokerage houses that get involved in uh, in uh, initial public offerings. Um, and have a say in the pricing of those IPOs, uh, tend to build in uh, pretty significant gains. And how would they do that? Well, they go in, they do a valuation, have to do a valuation of the company, and they have to try to be fair to the issuer, right, the the company's management and and owners who are issuing issuing the uh, public stock. Um, So they try to make it so that – the argument is that they they kind of lowball the initial valuation so when it comes onto the market you see huge gains uh there's a few out there that are actually historic uh don't know if you remember snapchat from 2017 march mm-hmm. 1st it went public at 17 bucks Uh, and guess what? I'm not gonna tell you the rest of it until we come back. We're gonna take a real quick break. It's called a tease, ladies and gentlemen. When we get back, I'll tell you that rest of the story. That's something that's said on the radio once in a while, right? Yeah. If you're listening to Money Talks, we'll talk to you in a minute. Be right back. Some bags, Only got $20 in my pocket You're listening to Money Talks When we last left We were talking about IPOs and Snapchat More specifically uh, Opened uh, ipo March 1st, 2017 At $17 By the end of that day
3: yeah,
2: we, we, we drum
0: go. Roll. Yeah, the drum roll The stock closed that day at $27.09. and nine cents. Ten bucks per share left on the table, 2.3 billion shares or no, 230 million shares. So $2.3 billion left on the table the issuer did not get. Now, that seems like, you know, there's probably attorneys all over the place that would like to to get a piece of the the folks that came up with the issue price for Snapchat, right? right. Um, But if you pay close attention – what wound up happening is uh, Snapchat is still selling below that 17. It uh, it began fading shortly thereafter, and by the end of uh, 2017, the stock was was uh, negative. And and honestly, when you look at the statistics, that is not uncommon. Um, so you know whether whether the uh, issuer might have might have uh, tried to make a case or not, I I haven't heard of that. I haven't. Seeing that that was going on, it's just part of what happens. There's a lot of emotion that gets caught up in the stock market, and anything technology over the last year and a half, as we've been talking, has uh, has been a hot topic, right?
3: Well, a lot of those are news-driven, or just there's a lot of hype around those companies. I mean, Facebook IPO did something right. similar. Uh, yeah, they had
0: they had problems on the Facebook IPO. It was so uh, so popular. I think volume yeah, overran the market. For exactly. Me. Uh, but you're right. It's uh, it's when you see the the performance of the previous similar stock, and that was the one, Facebook versus Snapchat. Uh, you know, it was really popular. People all dived in. Uh, many of them couldn't get the IPO, so they're buying as soon as the market opens. Uh, it's pretty rare to have somebody that's got access to uh, initial public offerings. Right. Like I said, it's usually um, those things are where where an individual can buy at the issue price, the very first tick of the day, uh, of of forever actually um, on a on a stock. It's pretty rare to find somebody that's able to do that. It's usually. Uh, a, Person who's got a brokerage account, very well established, and does a lot of business with those big brokerage houses that are in the middle of the deal. So, um, you know, so everybody else that's piling on to make sure that they get their chunk of the new issue, uh, they're the ones that drive the price through the roof. So, from twenty-seven bucks, you know, we've we're down eleven percent almost year to date in uh, two thousand eighteen. Um, but if you look at IPOs, I checked over the past twelve months. There's about 4,355 IPOs globally that uh, that have uh, issued. Gains were about 11%. That's since issuance. Um, but if you look at the median, now that's the average, so there's a lot of the, the ones that move huge that mm-hmm. are driving the action there. The median, so if you take out all the outliers, high and low, the gain is 0.197% on those 12 that just issued yeah. over the last 12 months.
2: Wow. Well, you, you go back to business valuations, informed buyer you know, is, is is where the situation, where in some these cases you're talking about, like you said, it's a lot of motion that's driving the prices up.
0: Right, yeah. And if if you want to get back to the initial question, which was, you know, why are IPOs considered speculative? Only 50.96% of all of those IPOs in the last 12 months – are actually selling above their IPO price. So half are up, half are down, basically. Uh, the longer you go in those positions, the worse it gets. Uh, uh, the offer price to the first open uh, gain average, 1096, with a median that's higher than that median over the long term at 2.67%. So it's still substantially lower. In the first month, the average is 15.75% gain. So it gets bigger there. hmm uh, but then when you, uh, when you go into uh, more detail, you look over the last six months, the likelihood of the, gain, of the gain becomes the coin flip, which is about where we are in that 50.96% uh, percent being positive uh, after an ad- average of six months. Um, so, you know, it is a speculation. But uh, when you look at what the stock market's done over that same period of time, 16.14%. Yep. So uh, the market overall has beaten the IPO market over the last 12 months.
3: Well, I think that don't a lot of people try to, you know, they go get that IPO at, at the lower price. I mean, you had those statistics about what it typically does, and so sure. wouldn't it make sense to go try to buy it, get in as low as you can, ride it up, and then sell it?
1: Yeah.
0: Now that's going to bring the that's price precisely. back down. And then you go talk to John and pay your tax at a short-term gain, right? Yeah, that's right. Ordinary yeah, that's, income. Anyway, that's uh that's the thing. It it's looked at as speculative basically if you look at the statistics because it is speculative. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh um, the issues quite often that uh, go to market uh don't even have earnings. They might have revenue growth that you can drive your decision by, but uh long-term investors generally don't look to get IPOs. Uh long-term investors look for the fundamentals and, you know, once you got a, a fundamental a uh, situation that looks attractive, you know, It's uh, that's really what investing is made of, not speculation. Didn't mm-hmm. I hear Dell was going to come, come back out? As, I've heard it? that, yeah. I, I don't know if we've got an IPO date yet or if even they've gone that far along, but, uh, yeah, I've heard that as well. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Dell Computer might be coming back to the public traded market. Uh,
3: dude, where's my Dell? What was that, what was that commercial? Dude, you're getting a Dell. Dude, you're That's getting a Dell. Right. Yeah, there it is.
0: Dude, where's my car, I think. Is what okay, it's got well, mixed up. With.
3: one of those dude sayings.
0: Yeah, I, anything that starts with dude, my ears perk up. Yeah, is that right?
3: it must be a Georgia thing.
0: Wow. There you got to go, know man. your audience, buddy. You said, yeah, I don't know what part of All Tennessee is. All six of them are, uh, are Georgia
3: fans, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, <laughs> All
0: six. All right, let's move on in that note. Uh, Randy asks, uh, is it worth buying the extended car warranties? KC, you got an opinion on this? Yeah, I mean, it, it's,
3: it really depends on what the details are of the warranty and how long you're going to own your car. I mean, basically, you're buying an insurance policy, right? So after the manufacturer's warranty runs out, then an extended warranty kind of takes over um, and we'll cover service or repairs and that kind of thing. There's... There's usually a lot of fine print and things that they won't cover. I'm not a big fan personally, um, even though I tend to keep cars for longer than the average person, I would guess. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> but and which would make the argument to maybe consider an extended warranty if you're going to be keeping it. You know, the manufacturer's warranty typically runs, you know, two or three years probably. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's sort of the the same argument that we were talking about earlier with the mortgage. It's you know if you can keep that money, if you, if you were to invest that money, and I'm sure most people probably don't probably just goes in their pocket and they spend it like I do, but you could probably earn a better return than whatever it's going to cost you to actually repair the car. You know, if you have a need for repair, uh, especially newer, you know, newer cars are going to, they're going to last for a little while. And, and if they last long enough that you then need to go buy a new car before you ever have to have any major work done on it, then, What's the point of the warranty?
0: Yeah. I, you know what, Casey? I think uh, the the closer we get to self-driving cars and the more technology that goes into a car, the more likely I am. Uh, will, uh, you know, I am definitely a do-it-yourselfer. like yeah. to work on my own stuff and get dirt under my fingernails and all that fun stuff on the weekends because my job is uh, more about financial assets than hard assets. But, uh, you know, I like to, to mix it up a little bit on my free time. But uh, the uh, the more technology goes into these cars, the more likely I am to uh, spend money on, a, on an extended warranty in the future. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I, I look at uh, insurance companies. As you said, this is what this is, an insurance policy. You look at insurance companies, they're pretty profitable companies. Sure. I'd rather buy the stock or a bond issued by an insurance company usually than definitely an annuity. Or some of the other products that insurance companies offer. Yeah. Why? Because they make a pretty good lick. Yeah. Right. They're they're uh, profitable businesses. Uh, that being the case, I'd rather share with them in those profits than to be the one who's providing them.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. It's so, a good good point.
0: Anyway, that's uh, that's kind of my take on most uh, most annuities, especially, but uh, insurance in general. So, uh, guys, I don't think we have enough time for another question, but, uh, sure has been interesting to watch just, uh, what all is coming out of Washington and the tariff talks and, uh, everything that we've got going on. I still look at the, uh, economy and I don't see any indication as to, uh, any sort of a downturn, uh, we're talking about GDP at possibly four percent growth. Uh, things are pretty You're good. We
3: need some good big earnings to hit that number, so let's well, go market.
0: You know what? Earnings expectations are around twenty-five percent for the second quarter, and uh, you know here we are. We're we're about to get into it, so um, that's going to just about get us Casey market up or down this week. It's going to be up. Come on, John. What you think? Up. Okay. You know I'm a broken record. Market's up. Money talks. Take care.